Welcome to the latest episode of NB On Air. I'm your host, Lena Kalanjian, and for this episode, I had the opportunity to talk with the lovely Miss Jennifer Byrne, one of North Broward Prep's most beloved community members these past 12 years. Recently, she resigned due to health concerns, but I was lucky enough to be able to discuss with her about her legacy and involvement at MBPS, her insights on the way COVID has affected learning and teaching, and comparing my own experiences this past year as a student with hers as a teacher. And without further ado, I introduce to you Miss Jennifer Byrne. My name is Jennifer Jennifer Byrne. My students used to know me as Jennifer Brockfeld before I got remarried. I've been at I was at North Broward for 12 years actually. Started when my daughter Ava was in sixth grade. She was coming in and Elise was uh, my daughter, my younger daughter Elise was a little Elise and she was in second grade with your sister. <laughs> and uh, gosh, I really, I really enjoyed my time at North Broward. I, I taught English and I taught a lot of different classes actually. I, when I first came in, I taught English 10 honors and I piloted uh, IB Lit SL. The next year I did a junior and senior year of Ivy Lit SL and then uh, added on a bit with, when I also piloted Ivy Lang and Lit, uh, both SL and then we moved into HL. And then uh, for a couple of years, I taught creative writing as well. I, did, I really enjoyed that. That was quite a lot of fun. And, uh, and then this last year I taught, uh, I, and actually for the last couple of years, I've taught 12 CP as well, English 12 CP and then IB Lit HL, right? So year one and year two. And I, I, I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed all of that. I was also the club advisor for the Harry Potter club, which right. was, a, oh golly, I loved it. <laughs> that was great fun. And for the creative writing club as well. And I don't know, I just always tried to cheer on my students, go to their baseball, soccer, football, you know, volleyball, basketball games and theater and everything else that I could do to cheer on my kids. So I really loved what I did every single day. I really did. I, I, I thoroughly loved my kids and they made it a joy. They made it fun to come in every day. So it was, uh, it was a pleasure for me. You mentioned that you're pursuing a doctorate degree and I heard, I think I heard you were working on a dissertation. I am in my last semester, it's been three years now, my last semester of my doctorate of education in organizational change and leadership at USC, University of Southern California at the Rossier School of Education. I'm just about to do my dissertation proposal defense, which is like an oral defense. And then it goes to the IRB, which is a review board. And uh, as soon as that's approved, then I begin my research in earnest. So my research question is basically, how, ha how has COVID-19 affected grading and reporting practices for teachers in the South Florida area from K through 12? So I'll be sending out interviews and, uh, well, actually sending out surveys and doing follow-up interviews. COVID has just presented so many challenges, right? I mean, I'm sure for everybody, for you too. At, at every level. So I'm really, I'm interested to see how it impacted their grading. So, and then I'm, I also have a standards-based grading app that I've been developing and uh, I'm hoping to be able to put a little bit more energy into that. <laughs> That's awesome. Like you mentioned, most schools across the country, as does North Broward, require teachers to come in person to work. Um, which has obviously affected the classroom dynamic, having some people in person, some people doing virtual school. So I'm just curious to know what you think about 
um, teachers coming in person to work? Do you think that they should have the option to work from home? Do you think that's affected the way that they grade, the way that they teach? Personally, I do think that teachers should have, especially if there are health challenges um, uh, or mitigating circumstances. Yeah, I, I do think that it, it can make the teaching better if teachers can, uh, can teach from home if they have that option. Um, some schools locally, actually, I know that there's one private school locally, they gave their teachers an option to take a 20% pay cut and if they wanted to teach virtually and they took the 20% and put it towards subs. So I have colleagues and friends, not just in North Broward, but, but at, 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 you know, in, in public schools and at other private schools where they have, let's say, relatives with, who are immunocompromised or they themselves are immunocompromised or they're cancer survivors or they have diabetes or any kind of numbers, you know, things like that, that might make it more attractive, at least while COVID is still in full swing to teach from home. I think every teacher loves being in person with their kids. I mean, I really do. My own situation was different. I, I think I had health issues as a result of having had COVID in April. And so that was part of what made it especially challenging for me to be you know, teaching in a mask. It'd be lovely if teachers had that option. And I know that there are some places where they do have that option, you know, but it presents challenges of financial and logistical. And I think that this has been, oh golly, this, this sounds like the understatement of the year. It's been so challenging for all of us, for, for, for teachers, for administrators, for students, for parents. I mean, I need to give people a pass right now because I feel like nobody is really <laughs> their best self right now. We're all just sort of, you know, Dory in Finding Nemo, you know, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. <laughs> you know, I feel like that's what we're all doing. So what is it Ben Franklin said? If we, uh, if we do not hang together, we shall hang separately. I mean, I think that we have to hang together. Like we have to stick together. That's the way we get through this. But I'm optimistic as ever. <laughs> Hit the nail on the head there with the, no one's their best self right now. Like I, I sense... <laughs> A complete difference in in the way everyone works and acts and interacts with each other ever since at least just this school year because um, in the beginning it wasn't so bad like the having having the two days a week everyone was just kind of doing their own thing so you thought in the spring of last year you thought that was better oh that's fascinating having school two days a week was so relaxing and did, you feel like, did you feel like you were still gaining content though? Did you feel like, did you still feel like you were learning? Because it was the end of the year, we were really just preparing for exams. So like yeah. a lot of that was already done kind of on your own. And then like you would just submit things for feedback. So the way that my curriculum, like my schedule was, it actually worked perfectly fine for me. Um, and it became actually really collaborative um, for like in math and science and chemistry, I was able to study more with my friends and like work on projects. Oh, interesting. The assignments became more project-based and more like collaborative group work, um, which mm -hmm. actually worked really well for me. And for my sister who was a senior, obviously it was horrible that she didn't get a graduation, <laughs> but it was a much needed break for her. In the beginning, it was like everyone was in this together. We're all staying home. Yeah. Like, same boat but now some people are going out and living like life normally and I'm still here doing everything I'm supposed to do I'm doing school from home um I don't know a little bit more isolated now 
That, that's really interesting to hear you say that because from a teacher perspective, I think a lot of us, I'm speaking for myself and some of my colleagues there, I think we felt like spring was a, <laughs> spring was kind of a nightmare. I think we felt like we were flying by the seat of our pants and trying to build the airplane while we were flying it, you know? And, and, and we, did, we did a lot of prep work over the summer. Uh, my colleagues and I, we attended meetings and we, we put a lot of thought and energy into what fall should look like and best practices. And so funny enough, I think we, we were worried about coming back in person in, in August, but we, we, we had that virtual start. And I think we were kind of jazzed. We were kind of excited because we felt like we're going to do this and do this really well. You know, the first time we had to just react and we didn't have time to plan. So I think that for the fall, a lot of us felt like we were really good at, at, at teaching at teaching virtually. Let me qualify that because I do think that it, it maybe it varies by discipline. I think math, I think my math colleagues have found it very challenging. And I can even speak to that. Comparing my experiences in my English and like language classes versus my more like sciencey math type classes, yeah. I know the teachers are doing their best to make it engaging and to make it um, a good learning experience for the students. Mm -hmm. There's only so much you can do in a science class or in a math class when you're learning virtually or teaching yeah. to a class of screens. In my social science classes, in my like, in my Chinese class, in my um, language and literature class, I automatically just feel more engaged when I'm like working on a group presentation, analyzing text, writing an essay. Like, I don't know. It's just math is so hard to learn online. <laughs> <laughs> I teach English. So a good percentage of what I do, I have the luxury of really designing assessments that are holistic. And it's, it's nothing that you could kind of copy paste, you know, yeah. you have to show me your thinking and it's very individual. If you're writing an essay. I mean, you know, could you copy down an essay? Sure you could, but we've got to turn it in. And, you know, also I'm a good teacher, so I'll know it's not your writing. But the, the one thing I think from a teaching perspective and I see this in my colleagues at public school and in other private schools as well, is that um, it's made everybody reevaluate their technology, reevaluate their curriculum, reevaluate how they're delivering a message. If you're not really making it interesting, I mean, people, they click their cameras off in a heartbeat and they just aren't engaged. And you can tell, you know, I mean, I don't think I had anyone fall asleep in my class, but I'm kind of interested to see the adjustments that we made during this period of time, how it transfers over going forward. You know, what we keep and what we go, oh God, that was a dismal failure. We don't ever want to do that again, you know? I think that for some students, it works really well. For my son, he is thrilled. He was like living his best life, honestly. I mean, you know, he does his classes and he's very self-motivated. And I think for kids like that, you know, he gets his work done and then he goes fishing or he goes running. Like he's living, he really is living his best life. But for some students, that is really challenging. For some kids, oh gosh, I've had some students who they have had a really, oh gosh, just a really hard time of it. It's a fallacy to think that at a private school that, uh, you know, money buys happiness and money buys a perfect family life. And as teachers, I think any one of my colleagues would, would agree that we have any number of kids who have really difficult lives and it, they could have challenging home lives and sometimes their best day is coming in to school. 
And if they can't come into school, that's really hard for some of them. You know, we're therapists as much as we're teachers. We are there for our kids. And sometimes we're like surrogate parents too. I, I, I tell you, I really appreciated the nest, my nest. I, 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 miss my, I miss my kids. I really do. All of them. But nest was, I, I don't know. I mean, some people may grumble about it, but I really loved it. I mean, we tried to make it fun. You know, we baked cookies and um, I think the best part about it was just a safe space to just talk. And I think if people don't take advantage of that, I, I really think that's kind of too bad because it's not, you know, you don't get that at other schools, you know, you really don't. And I think that is one area where I, I know we don't get it right all the time, but I really think that our school tries to honestly, earnestly care and be there, you know, for our students and our families. And, and you're lucky you're at a good school and there's, there's good people, you know, they're all of them being tested right now, but it's North Broward still has my heart and soul. So me too. And I, like you said, I hope people are taking advantage and realizing like the things that North Broward offers like nest. I love nest. I love my nest is what you make of it. And I hope Miss Lavery is listening right now because she oh, I love Laura Lavery. I love her. <laughs> and how much I enjoy our nest class. Oh, a shout out, like much love to Laura Lavery. I, I enjoy myself, like when I turn my camera on and participate in class and like I see my friends and, and we're talking like they're they're in school and I'm on the screen and they're like, hi, Lena. And I'm like, hi, Robbie. <laughs> hi, Chloe. And I'm like waving to them. <laughs> it's fun sometimes. It really is. And those are like some of the best parts of my day, like just those little happy moments. It's, I think you're right. It's the connections that are important, right? Those are the things that light us up. I hope the other thing that comes out of this is that I hope that societally in the United States, I hope that people recognize the value of teachers and teaching. Because I think for a very long time, you know, we're sort of like second-class citizens. I mean, there are so many jokes made that, you know, if you, those who can do, those who can't teach, you know, all these jokes sort of at teacher's expense. And you know, in other cultures around the world, teachers are revered, you know, and it's not like that here. And I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping that if parents have had to see what teachers do, what we give to students, that we don't just, you know, assign worksheets or something like that, that it's so much more than that. We are all in every day, morning till evening. You know, we are with these students, we are surrogate parents. Like I said, we are that second level of support for these students in very real ways that matter. I hope that there's, a, at a bare minimum now, I hope that there's just a little bit more gratitude and appreciation for what truly the impact and the power of teaching because it does change lives. Mm -hmm. I mean, it sounds like a Hallmark card, but that's the truth. It really does, you know? And especially like everything that teachers have been put through the past, like, I don't know, decade, the, like having to go through like school violence training. And on top of that, now we have COVID. It's never ending the challenges that come. And I think teachers do a lot. <laughs> they, they're they yeah. at school until the evening. They show up at 7.30 in the morning. And I know some that you're absolutely right. They haven't gotten past Douglas. They haven't gotten past, you know, um, it's, you, you had school shootings and then right into this and it's, you're right. It's, it's, it's trauma after trauma, but I, I know some of my colleagues are, it, it's very hard for them right now. If you talk to some of my colleagues with kids at the school, you know, that's a whole different experience balancing 
teaching at the same time that their kids were right next to them, you know, especially lower school kids, man, I give them, I give them all the credit in the world for that because that's yeah. I was a teacher's assistant last year for a pre K three class and when I jumped on the Zoom call, it was like when quarantine first started and I jumped on the Zoom call to say hi to all of them. I mean, yeah. th- those little kids learning how to use yeah. Zoom, first of all, those I give those kids props for learning how to use a computer when they're three years old. The parents who are sitting there with them and having to unmute the microphone for them every time they talk. And Miss Rosenberg, who is the teacher, had to like unmute each kid individually because if they weren't all muted, like they're, it was so chaotic. It was adorable and they were having a lot of fun. But I can't even imagine how that is every day. Long ago and far away, I taught two-year-olds too. I've taught like all a bunch of ages. And the thing about like pre-K, it's so tactile. It's so like, you know, normally you've got stations and they're working on their motor skills. They're also working on their interpersonal skills, you know, parallel play, playing next to each other versus playing with someone. That, those are skills that they have to learn. How challenging is that as a teacher when they're all in little boxes and two-year-olds and three-year-olds and four, they have the attention of a gnat. Try and keep that in a little teeny box on Zoom. It's hard enough to teach, but the little ones, oh, that is just a special level of, um, of engagement. I think our, our lower school teachers, they deserve so much credit. And, and not for nothing, but I think our lower school administration too. Like we're very lucky. Both uh, Sarah and Kathleen uh, are just, outstanding I and that, like other people wonderful in the lower school I'm like oh, I, yeah. I would go there and I would bring my friend who came when she was a freshman here and I'm like oh yeah like when I was three I hit my head on this fire extinguisher like <laughs> I like I used to play on this playground and there's my teacher like who I've known since I was like five years old and I forget that other people don't go into the lower school like all the time yeah Dr. McGettigan used to say to me and I think she's right that every person on our campus should have to go through that lower school to see the foundations of the school, to see what's possible and to see some of the best teaching practices, honestly. I mean, we have outstanding educators at, at every level. I mean, really, I think I think of like Pope Kennedy and like the gardens and um, Amanda Persetzer and how like crazy she is, but how amazing she is to engage you with history and like our fine arts program. I mean, we have amazing, amazing educators, but I think like the heart and soul of it is that lower school. It kind of like renews your soul, doesn't it? Oh my God, totally. And like you said before, I forget how much things have changed since I, before I was a teacher's assistant last year, I hadn't been in there for a couple of years because my littlest sister, she wasn't, she hadn't been in the lower school for a couple of years. And so like I went there and on, in my first week when I, I, I had to walk them to their kind of first period and it was like interpretive dance or something like crazy. <laughs> it was like, is this what we're doing? That's awesome. As you know, I stepped away from my health and, and um, I, had, I had people ask me if I was upset or resentful. And, you know, the answer is really no, because I, I will say North Broward, I mean, I was there for 12 years and, and things have changed so much. I mean, honestly, I did this. It does, it does force you stepping away. It does force you to realize how entangled your life becomes with a place. And, you know, you've got another year when you, when you go to graduate, 
it's very strange leaving a place that's really been your home for a long time. You know, like I said, stepping away, it forced me to think about all the things that changed from when I was first there to, you know, leaving now. And it's crazy. There was no GWC, you know, there was no learning commons in the, the Garden of Reading. And what I don't think a lot of people, I dug that garden. I planted that garden. So that Garden of Reading, I was there with my shovel, Terry Condon and I, um, I'm, that's the truth. And um, Cindy Von Osen still has my original landscaping design that I designed it. And uh, my blood and sweat and tears were in that garden. So I feel like there's a piece of me that will always be, you know, on MB's campus. And it meant a lot to me. It really did being there. But I'm also excited. I am. I'm just trying to sort of figure out what's going on with my health. And, and I don't know. I don't know what my next step will be. I, I taught at the college level for, you know, 15 years before I taught at North Broward. So it's possible that I'll that I'll teach at the university level again, but I'm kind of open to the possibilities right now. I hope that when this is all over, I really hope that everybody sort of doesn't take things for granted. I mean, like every football game that we have, where we're all in the stands together cheering, like that's gonna be amazing, you know? And and I, I hope that, you know, a bunch of people always look at pep rallies and oh God, pep rallies, you know? We get to have pep rallies, you know? Like you, everyone will get to have those things again and dances and things that I think that some people were very jaded and they go, well, I don't know if I want to go to the, you know, go to prom or whatever. Oh my God, I think people are gonna trip over themselves to buy tickets to prom. Everybody's gonna to wanna to go to prom because you can go to prom, you know? And how lovely, how lovely to just be able to get together with your friends and go to Starbucks or whatever, you know? I'm so glad you said all that because for me, I've been so down lately, losing motivation. I haven't been in touch with my friends as often. I'm just like, this sucks. I, when is this going to be over? Yeah. Me in your little isolation bubble, like it's me and my two sisters who are home right now and Lily's away at college. So it's just us every day doing the same things we always do. And I forget that like so many people have it worse and so many people are, are in so many different situations that right. I don't even like think about. It's bad, but I don't even think about like what other people are having to deal with. Like I'm, I'm so wrapped up in evaluating my own world because that's all I really have right now. Yeah, that, that's a valid response too. That is a valid response too, because that's your experience and you're living it. But, you know, I mean, as a parent, I'm sure your mother would tell you this, you know, there's going to come a point where you and your sisters, you're all going to be in college or, or you'll be out of college or you'll be off and married, living somewhere. Find a way to cherish what you have right now because we have a family dinner every day. We, we have dinner, all of us. And that's something that, you know, our, that's important in our family. We've always done that. And it's like the one time a day that we all just say, you know, hey, how was your day? How are you? And, you know, my kids show me memes and <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I learn like the latest slang that I can throw around in my class so that my kids can go, oh my God, this may stop. You know, we may be all on top of each other here, but we have it. Like, this is good. This is actually really good. You know, we love each other and we like being with each other and we just have to see it that way, you know? <laughs> really great and hearing your, like the teacher's perspective is something that we don't really get to hear a lot how you are handling this situation versus what I hear from like students it's very insightful and puts it in kind of a new lens for me at least and I mean talking to you makes me more optimistic and like me more <laughs> well 
Oh, that's good. I hope so. <laughs> And that concludes season two, episode two of NB On Air. I'd like to say a huge thank you to Miss Byrne. I absolutely loved talking with you. In the short time that we talked, we shared so many laughs off the mic and we really dove deep into our North Broward roots, which made me so nostalgic and honestly grateful to be a part of this community. So Miss Byrne, thank you again. And thank you guys for listening and supporting the show and our Brainwash newspaper. And stay tuned for the next episode, which will be with the CQ committee about the new historic anti-bias course that will be implemented into the NBPS curriculum.